Istanbul 74 presents the 74 podcast. You can now listen to a series of conversations between some of the world's most talented and creative minds, including talks from the IST Arts and Culture Festival. My name is Hande Oynar. I'm a freelance writer and one of the hosts for the 74 podcast based in New York. Today I'm talking to Waris Aluwalia. Waris Aluwalia is an actor, designer and entrepreneur with an eye for style and a caring heart. Driven by a deep and abiding desire to create stories, products and experiences that captivate, transport and shift perception, he founded House of Waris, a fine jewelry company that was nominated for the Vogue Fashion Fund and received the coveted CFDA incubator grant. However, soon after, realizing that his passion for bringing good into the world did not align with that mode of luxury consumption, he moved on to immerse himself in the goodness of the plant kingdom, specifically in tea leaves. He has traveled extensively to educate himself in herbal sciences while promoting the preservation efforts of Elephant Family, an organization focused on saving the Asian elephant from extinction. As an actor, Waris has worked with acclaimed directors such as Wes Anderson, Spike Lee, and Luca Guadagnino. As a designer, he has collaborated with brands including Kenzo, Gucci, The Couples, Gap, Tory Burch, and APC. As an entrepreneur, he has just launched House of Warriors Botanicals, a collection of organic whole botanical tea blends and a dedicated tea lab, shop and botanical bar in Chelsea. We are here in his Soho office to talk about his latest creation with which he wants to inspire people to slow down, take care of their bodies and the planet and create a positive impact in communities around the world. Hi Warriors, welcome to the 74 podcast. We're so excited to talk to you and find out more about House of Wars Botanicals. I'm going to start off with a not so easy question to wake both of us up this morning. Can you talk about the disconnect you felt back when you were a promising jewelry designer between what you did and your efforts to save the Asian elephant? What was that experience like and have you been able to resolve it with your new project? So I personally had an incredible human experience. But beyond that, when you put that out into the world, it's just expensive jewelry. Working with my craftsmen, they have to work with gold or silver or, you know, fine materials. That's how they earn a living, right? That's how things, that's how uh, they can't work with base metals. That's factories, right? And and for me, the, the focus was not on luxury, but the focus was on things made by hand. The focus was on preserving craftsmanship mm -hmm. and, and artisans and preserving that way of life because that is always on the verge of disappearing. So, but unfortunately, what gets created is just a luxury product and the world, it felt like didn't need another luxury product, especially it didn't need me selling another luxury product. And this desire that I was creating from people you know, the, the the material desire. I didn't really appreciate putting that kind of energy into the world of, of people wanting or lusting or desiring after this a ring or, or a necklace or and then also just unsustainability issues. You know, when I went down to go look at mines and diamond mines and so on and so forth, seeing the damage and destruction it causes. Now there's no absolutes. I mean the you know, we use forks and and we use metal that's mined. You know, we, we, there's, there's no clear answer to any of this. There's no, there's no absolute right or wrong. There's just what feels true to you. 
as an individual and it no longer felt true to me to be selling beautifully crafted like some of some of our pieces would take a month to make they were art pieces but it didn't it felt like i wasn't there anymore i couldn't be truthful to the work and so at the you know at that the height of our of our business i decided to that it wasn't enough just to be successful it's not that's not what defines that's not what defines me or house of wars or what we're doing it's 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 what we're doing and it's how we're doing it so if it doesn't feel true anymore i can't do it and, and so we we pulled we we pulled the jewelry from the stores and um embarked on this journey uh that's now called house of wars botanicals um but that was that was primarily you know there was sustainability issues there was philosophical issues there was societal issues there there were just it all it all just came together at once and it didn't make sense that a lot of my time I was I was spending with organizations trying to protect endangered species and and habitat uh, land preservation at the same time using things that are mined from the earth and you know that and that's not really good for the planet unfortunately the way gold is mined it uses a lot of chemicals uh mercury and so it's it's not the best uh process for the planet and and so instead of being you could just sort of say that's fine the whole world does it and I'm just a small part in it but rather than be a part of the problem I wanted to be part of the solution and that's just that's an individual decision right that's not a you can't force people to be either side people have to kind of come to it on their own right now so that's a very bold decision for someone who has whose um new business has just taken off mm. and you know on the rise but apparently you have noticed something in uh the tea and um, it has kept you interested for this many years and obviously you found a way to be true to yourself while doing this and also find a way to combine this with the preservation of the age you know uh, the elephants how did your adventure with tea begin in the first place well i wanted to find something that had universal appeal that was a part of culture a part of our history just in the same way that gold has been a part of cultures for centuries before we were obsessed with oil it was gold the crusades throughout time it was god glory and gold and then it became oil so in that same way i deal with things i deal with elements i deal with ideas that that pass through borders through cultures and through time and tea we tea is one of those things it exists in every culture in one form or another it is the second most popular beverage in the world after water it's brought people together it's created trade wars it's created um it's it's influenced design it's influenced art um it's got a long dark and beautiful history like everything else that has a long history mm-hmm. but what started with just tea has now expanded way past that and it's a study and an exploration of the powers of plants so from the planet 
for the world. Looking at, again, our history. When I, when I did jewelry, I always used to say my, my inspiration is love and history. I said that constantly, every season. And that hasn't changed. So nothing's changed. I'm not, I haven't pivoted or this isn't, an, you know, all of a sudden a new direction. I'm still exploring the same ideas I was exploring before. And in our history, in our human history, we have used plants to heal ourselves and have somehow forgotten over the course of time that we've always had the answer. And instead, we've sought out shortcuts because we've been conditioned to seek out shortcuts. It didn't just happen. It was a systematic, thoughtful attack on humanity by a system that puts profit over people. So we exist in a world and continue to exist in a world that supports that idea and that has supported that idea for centuries. Um, it is the way business has always been done. You rape, pillage, and plunder, and then you build a community center. You rape, pillage, and plunder, and you build a university. Or, as in modern times, you rape, pillage, and plunder, and you take a wing at the Met. <laughs> right? You take advantage of as many people. You destroy lives. You destroy families. Thousands, millions. You cost nations billions of dollars just for your benefit, just for the benefit of yourself, your board members, your shareholders, and then you wash away that guilt. And that is the normal way of doing business across the world. There's no, there's no, there's no country that's immune to that. If you are doing business, that is the way business has been done. So we're not just trying to set up a new business. We're trying to set up a new way of doing business. One that we don't have to wash our dirty hands with later. One that doesn't involve just giving money away to repent for our sins, but one that with its actual work, it does good. With, it, with its actual existence, it raises people. It brings people together. It lifts humanity. So this is far beyond a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. This is about, and I used these words earlier, about the healing power of plants. Mm -hmm. Cultures across the world for centuries have used herbal medicine. There are, well, there are over 22,000 documented medicinal plants in the world. In many countries, outside of this one, outside of this great nation of ours that we're in right now, the United States, many countries still use herbal medicine. Ayurvedic medicine is the third largest medical system in the world. Traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, is the second. Students in Germany, medical students in Germany, all have to take phytomedicine. 80% of doctors in Japan currently still, last year, wrote prescriptions for herbal medicines, along with Western medicines. There are 500 plants that are listed as medicine in China. In this country, there's over 2,000 documented medical herbs, medicinal herbs. But still, because you can't make money off those things, you can't make billions of dollars, you can't patent a flower, you can't patent a root, you can't patent a seed. Well, or everyone does, but but you can't you can't patent these ingredients. Or everyone can grow them. Everyone can grow them, but you can extract things from them, and you can put them in pills, 
and you can condition people to look for the shortcut. So if you have an ailment, if you're not feeling well, you go to the doctor, the doctor writes your prescription immediately and says, this will take that care of that problem immediately. And you say, thank you very much. And you take that pill, that magic pill that solves for that problem. And then that magic pill that solves for that problem has created a side effect because every magic pill that they give you creates side effects. Then you have to go back and get a second pill to deal with a side effect of the first pill that was creating, that was helping you with your actual problem. Then that second pill also has side effects. So you have to take a third pill, which deals with the side effects of the second pill, which is dealing, which you took because of the side effects of the first pill. You create a layer of toxicity in your body and all for the profit of that pharmaceutical company and for the profit of those lobbyists and for the profit of the doctors. A system that was designed and is intended on looking after us has no interest or care about us. There's a legend in ancient China that doctors were paid to keep you healthy. And then when you got sick, you stopped paying them. How did that go away? Yeah. So this is an exploration. So House of Wars Botanicals is an exploration of how to create a thoughtful life in modern day in the modern day world. You wake up in the morning, you get in your car. First of all, you wake up in the morning, your alarm goes off. It's not the most pleasant way to wake up. It's not like waking up with the sound of birds or with the just light hitting your eyes at dawn. You wake up with the sound of your alarm and it has to be loud because it needs to wake you up out of your sleep. So already you're jarred awake. You're jarred out of bed. Your morning routine, you eat something quick. If you eat something, you have some coffee, again, something jarring for your body. You jump into the car, you jump into the bus, you jump into the train, someone cuts you off in the car, someone steps on your foot in the train, you're aggravated. You get to work, your colleague says something stupid. <laughs> your boss yells at you. Things are falling apart. You're behind on this. The, you know, it, nothing seems to be working. You eat, you eat lunch at your desk, you don't eat lunch. You go home, you have something in a restaurant, you're, you don't, because you haven't had time to cook. You have a drink, you've got, you're late on bills, there's relationship troubles, family's ill, children are sick, little, little Johnny or Debbie got in trouble at school. One thing after another, we're dealing with stress. The UN calls stress the 21st century epidemic. There has never been a time when more people at once have suffered from anxiety, sleep disorders, stress, and immune system dysfunction. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, reports that 110 million people die every year as a direct result of stress. That's seven people every two seconds. That's insane. 70 to 90% of doctor's visits in this country are due to stress. What are we doing to ourselves and why? For whose benefit? For our benefit? Clearly not. We're dying. We're suffering. So whose benefit is this all to? So the larger question, the larger exploration isn't just about a beverage, but it's about getting us to stop, pause, and think about the way we're doing things. They say when you do the same thing again and again and expect different results, that's insanity. Well, I don't want to be the one to break this to you, but we're all insane. We're all insane because it's not working. So maybe we should stop for a moment and think about things that could make it better. And simply, so this is where it's not about money or wealth 
or access. At this stage, at this first step, it's about just pausing. And everyone can just pause for a second. And everyone can just breathe and think about even just the way you're breathing, right? Now, I'll admit, maintaining well-being in a city like New York is not, is not an inexpensive thing. It is a very expensive thing. But instead of looking at that, start with what you can afford, and that's breathing. Right. And realize that none of us have been taught to breathe properly. We all are shallow breathers. You've gone to school, you can, you've learned to read, write, draw, sew, um, build things, destroy things. But the one thing you're never taught is how to breathe because yeah, you come out breathing. That's, no one needs to teach you that. But there are trillions of, trillions of cells in your body that need that oxygen. And they're not getting it because of the short breaths that we take. So start with that. And even if you can't take a pause, there's moments in the train, there's moments when you're driving, there's moments when you're walking. Studies have been shown that meditation and pausing and breathing, I mean, this is, I'm not saying anything new, that, that, that you know, neurologists, I mean, this is medical science has proven that this helps our productivity, right. this helps our lives, this helps our longevity, this helps the quality of our lives, but we still ignore it. Or we do it in the way that, we do it in that shortcut way where it's, it's the, the, 10, the 10 minutes in the morning or the 20 minutes in the morning. It's the same way we approach everything. It's kind of like a Sunday religion where you go in for a moment and you apologize for your sins and then go about the rest of the week living as if you never apologized or you never, versus a Eastern philosophy, whether it's Sikhism, my religion, or Buddhism, where it's in every breath that you take. It's in every engagement that you have. Mm -hmm. it's, every, it's in every interaction that you have with another human being, with another animal, with the world around you. It's in every step that you take out in the world. The idea that meditation and yoga and all these things that we're practicing actually begin off of the mat. They begin off of the pillow. These are the things that we have to talk about. And these are the things that I didn't make sense for me to talk about when I'm selling $60,000 earrings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that we have to question. These are the things that have to be brought up every day. We have to wake up. We need nothing short of a revolution. Right. A slow evolution will not work. It's too late for that. And so the product speaks to that. The product speaks to slowing down, brewing a cup of tea, brewing some, brewing our herbal blends. So the product speaks to that slowing down. And then in itself, it's, it's healing. We've worked with herbalists. Mm -hmm. We have a team of herbalists that have helped us formulate blends using medicinal herbs, usually that are found in herbal medicines and not teas, but the highest quality grade of those herbs. So there's, there's good, there's good even herbal blends out there and medicinal blends. We've just created the highest quality. Where do you source them? From all over the world. They're all organic. And then we're, we're starting to have conversations with wild crafters and, and, and farms and estates to prevent over-harvesting. It's all in process. Mm -hmm. It's all a, a long step-by-step -step process. I talked about that layer of toxicity in your body. So on top of the daily stresses that you have in life, then you add those that layer of toxicity with the pills that we're taking, that the doctors are prescribing for us. Right. Now, if you're really ill, go to a doctor, for sure. But if, you're, but if you're okay and want to be better and want to maintain this place, there's a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. That's what the planet provides. It's done that for centuries. Right. We've not just, we didn't just happen to forget. We were lied to and bamboozled and tricked 
like for us in the States, it happened in the late, it started happening in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. We're all herbal remedies and we're, we're swept under a rug right. in order to make way for pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Now, a single thing, a single product doesn't answer everything. So part of this experiment is creating opportunities for gathering and bringing people together. Right. So we're equal parts product, but we're also community. So we've got, so our teas are already in, and we just launched officially yesterday, but our teas are already in about 50 restaurants mm-hmm. in New York and LA. They're in, we made a, a tea, we made a blend, we made an herbal blend for Equinox. So they're in a hundred, over a hundred gyms Amazing. across the country. Yeah. They're in a few hotels already and they're available online. Very specifically, the, the functional blends that we made are available online. And we just opened a space in Chelsea, New York. And what's going to be in that space? This is a teeny tiny oasis, a center of calm and innovation. It's the first of its kind in all of Manhattan, one of the greatest cities in the world. So on the simplest level, you can come in, you can have a tea, you can have a kombucha, you can have a golden milk. Our formula, we did a saffron rose golden milk. You can have a beverage to stay or a beverage to go. You can add boosters. We've got adaptogenic boosters for calm, for energy, for metabolic support, for beauty, skin tonic, for immunity, mm-hmm. a mushroom blend with reishi and cordyceps and all sorts of mycelium. But then on the weekends, you can come to us. You can come to the lab and meet with an herbalist and have a personalized blend made. Right. There's nowhere in Manhattan you can go do this. There's nowhere in the city that never sleeps, in the city that has it all, that you can do this. So it becomes about two points. There's three. It becomes about access right. and education. Two of the three cornerstones that we're built on. In order to see an herbalist, for someone to go see an herbalist, they charge $250 an hour. And how do you find one? How do you know it's a good one? Like maybe your friend has seen one. How many of you, raise your hands, please everyone, raise your hands, have gone to see an herbalist? How many of you even know what an herbalist is? So we've created a gateway. You come in for a free consultation for a few minutes, learn something, and they'll make you a blend for personal taste, for personal needs. Of course, they're not intended to cure, treat any disease, but it's an option to be better. Yeah. And also it's a door into the plant kingdom. It's a door. It's a gateway. And we quite literally have a gateway to our shop. <laughs> you do. Yeah, there is a gate. There is a door as well, but before you get to the door, there is a gate. It's a very special place. Access and education. And then in the evening, it turns into a zero-proof, non-alcoholic botanical bar. Which has lately become popular. Which has become very popular. In New York? Yeah. yeah. In New York and in London. People have decided that they may not want a drink. Right. It's Wednesday. I'm going to drink heavy on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, just, I just don't want to drink tonight, but I want to go out. Or maybe it's Saturday and Friday night. I was up till 5 a.m., but I still need to see some friends and I still want to go out. and just maybe don't want to drink tonight. What's on offer currently is sparkling water and drinks with so much sugar. Sugar is one of the worst things you can right. put into your body. That's for a different podcast. Right. That's not like alcohol. We won't yeah. talk about sugar in this podcast because yeah. that's a whole other, that's hours of conversation, right? Of that same system, food companies, the government, all working against us. Right. Right? To, sugar is one of the worst legal things you can put in your body. <laughs> 
So imagine you could have an incredible layered, delicious cocktail that didn't have any alcohol and it had very little sugar. And if it did, it came from monk fruit or mm-hmm. lower glycemic sugars and options. So our team of herbalists work with our team of mixologists to come up with some incredible drinks. So that's the third cornerstone and the third pillar. The first two were access and education. The third is celebration. We're not in the wellness business. We're in the celebration business. Mm -hmm. I'm in the business of celebrating life. I'm in the business of trying to figure out how to improve the quality of our lives every day through the ups and downs. We suffer through it all. There's no, that is, that is, that is a human condition. That is the agreement we signed with the first breath we took when we came out into this world. That breath was a, an agreement we made with the universe that there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. We're going to experience great joys and great sorrows. There's no turning back. You, you've signed that agreement. That is, no matter, no matter your place in society, your, your wealth, you will all die. Everything does but you have a certain amount of time here and you get to choose how you want to view that time. Mm-hmm. Whatever cards you're dealt, you get to choose how you want to approach each day. True. There are people suffering that, that still smile. Mm-hmm. And there are people with billions of dollars that suffer every day. It's all in your power, how you want to approach your day, right. how you want to step forward on that day. We are dealt the cards that we're dealt and we can do whatever in our powers and to, you know, to uplift ourselves and to, to you know, to find, you know, put ourselves in a better place. But the one thing that you get to choose is how you approach each day. Right, even each moment. Each right. moment. Yep. Every moment, yep. every interaction, every exchange, yeah. every breath. So we're in the business of celebration and looking at new ways of celebration and we're not, there's no dogma to our work. We're not saying we're anti-anything. Mm-hmm. If you want a drink, please, by all means, have a drink. Being your bottle of vodka. <laughs> if whatever, whatever you want. But for those people that don't, now there is an option for something else. Right. Because there's never been a good option. I'm tired of drinking sparkling water when my friends get a beautiful cocktail, when my friends have a beautiful experience at the bar. Right. And I get a sparkling water. Do you never drink? I don't drink. My options, would you like lime with that? No, I don't want lime with that. I don't even want sparkling water. I'd like a beverage that doesn't have sugar, but something incredible. And so that's why we've created what we call functional beverages for a dysfunctional world. This is nothing short of an awakening. It's a revolution. And I'm really enjoying that there are more options out there. I don't tend to drink a lot either. And I've cut down Mm. over the years for sure. So, yeah, this is wonderful if you care for your body. But, you you know, you still want to celebrate. You still want to go out. For too long, we've associated celebrating and going out with drinking. And so once you start drink, once you stop drinking, you stop celebrating. Right. What? Right. I mean, unless it's a, you know, huge trigger and, you know, you're addicted or whatever. But But still, still, even with that trigger, the it's the drinking that's associated with the celebrating. Right. They're tied together, and they needn't be. Mm-hmm. You control the celebration, not the drink. True. Mm-hmm. So, 
access education celebration celebration we do a dinner club which we which we'll do in assemble mm-hmm. yeah it's a delicious exploration of the healing powers of whole food plant-based nutrition and it's we pair a chef with an herbalist and we make an incredibly delicious healing plant-based meal and we don't and we have our we have our zero proof cocktails and we have cocktails made with our with our blends mm-hmm. as well giving people the choice but rather than in a dogmatic way talk to people about the the benefits of a plant-based meal just show them just share with them it's not about speeches or give them something delicious and in that instance in that moment in that meal they've not had meat our approach to everything is always repression right this country is built on repression what you can't have even our approach to reducing meat consumption in America it's commonly known as meatless mondays mm-hmm. it's about the absence of meat and we're talking about not the absence of anything but pushing forward the plants that are incredible that are amazing that are nutritious that that if in the right hands are insanely delicious and provide the nutrients and the proteins and everything that's required for a meal so it's not the and that's where even the celebration continues it's about the celebration of human life it's about celebration of plants it's about the celebration of what what is possible mm-hmm. right um and that's what those dinner clubs are uh and then we then we're going to start doing cooking classes as well so that if you try something delicious and you well how do i make this again going back to education amazing is that what the membership is for on your yeah. website yeah okay yeah so people can sign up yeah and- yeah people can sign up and they get invited to dinner clubs and um they get invited to the cooking classes so that's what we're that's what we're doing just trying to spark a little revolution yeah <laughs> that's it just a little nbd yeah <laughs> nbd and um how does the istanbul 74 play a role in this i know you guys have collaborated well, before been, even for years for years and years How did you guys even meet, maybe? <laughs> uh, I think it was through um, when when they did the first uh, IST festival, the first one. I think it was through uh, Jefferson Hack mm-hmm. from uh, Dazed and uh, and our friend. Yeah, yeah, it was through through Jefferson and and that yeah, that's where our friendship began. And it's been an incredible journey. I mean, I've been to Istanbul so many times now, uh, to so many festivals. Um, happy to say I'm one of the advisors for the festival mm-hmm. and and I've done an exhibit at the gallery mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago with with the jewelry we had a, an incredible incredible event and we did a you know an exhibit but beyond that it's uh we continue to talk about you know the 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 gathering that happens the 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 festival it's about gathering creatives to talk about their experiences in life and bringing people together and celebrating right taking a moment uh so we have the same philosophies And now, you know, we still work with Studio 74 on a lot of our a lot of our creatives. And so imagery and and design. We mm-hmm. work very closely with Studio 74 for House of Wars Botanicals. They're they're very involved and and we've got some plans of bringing House of Wars Botanicals to to assemble. I think we're doing a pop-up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're we're still we're we're working through that now, but But yeah, it's Studio 74, Assemble 74, been incredible, 
incredible collaborators. Did they design your um, tins or packaging or the illustrations? They uh, they haven't been involved in the design of the packaging, mm -hmm. but they've they're you know they're involved in so, you know they maintain you know uh, they they. They deal with our social media currently. So mm -hmm. House of you know at House of Horse Botanicals. Mm -hmm. We're so international. It's it's posted it's posted from, <laughs> from it's posted from Istanbul, um, and they uh, they do a lot of our you know the, all, they do a lot of the design direction for um, uh, all our proposals and you know just, right, uh, yeah, right, yeah. And yeah like all, all the um, and and lots of things coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. they do a lot of the the, the important design elements. Cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I also heard that you were going to do something at the festival this year, I mean next year, uh, maybe tea talks? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're figuring that out. Okay. In fact, I got to say, this is a good place to say it, the idea of the tea lab was born at the festival. Oh. We did a, we did a tea, we did a lab, we did a tea lab in, I think, three, four years ago. I can't even, maybe even more at one of the festivals in Istanbul. And we I went around with the chef, the executive chef of the Para Palace. Uh -huh. And we went to the, the market and we bought herbs and teas. And, and then we, we put them in jars and, and then we, we made blends for people. I didn't and, know that. Okay. And there was a line of people when we were doing this and everyone would kept telling me. I expect, I just, I said what... I somehow intuitively just said, what do you need? And the first person said, I couldn't, I can't sleep. And the second person said this and the third. Wow. They just kept, and then, and then the next day I got an email from the chef and he told me that all the Turkish people were asking him the same questions that I was getting in English. And we didn't even realize that was going on. And he was like, that was very strange. I thought we were just going to give them black tea or, but they kept telling me what was wrong. Right. That's amazing. And so from that, I realized people are hungry. People need answers people want answers people want solutions that don't hurt <laughs> right they want they want to be a part of the solution they are looking for they're, they're looking for it. and so that's how the tea lab came about amazing yeah, yeah. was Great was that experiment was that very experiment in because i didn't want to just open a shop but i wanted a place where you could come experience learn education mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that really that was that was the seed right because when when we first went into that I remember the conversation with Demet. She said, "Should do something with a tea," and I was like, "What?" You know, it's sort of like, "What's a what's a tea ceremony?" Or I didn't know what. And I said, "You know, so let's do a tea lab." And she's like, "Great, let's do a tea lab." And we were both like, "What is that?" And like, we have no idea. <laughs> and so it was really at that time making it up. Just okay, let's. Oh, you've got spices and, and ingredients. You know, right, you're known right, for that. Right. Like you know, exactly. You're Stumble known has... for that. So like, let's get those and let's let's make blends for people. And we were just. Figuring it out, right? A lot of this has been a, a grand experiment, and we have to step out of the the parameters and the walls that we've created for ourselves, right? We have to break through to find something that really works. So that's the amazing thing about Studio Seventy Four and Demet and the team. They they provide a platform for that, not just for that conversation, but I think that's the most interesting thing, and I think that's what we should be doing as well. Besides talks is really engaging um, conversations and activations, mm -hmm. right? Physical, like moving, you know, I think that would be incredible because it is about mind, body, and soul. They're all connected. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. I'm looking at my questions, but you already answered mm -hmm. so many of them without me asking first. So I'll have to go back and record my <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I mean, I guess I'm also interested in, you, you touched up on this, but like, what's your take on the upsurge in the interest for wellness today? How can we differentiate if something's born out of a sincere desire to heal or if it's just another marketing ploy? Because there's a lot of, you know, different brands out there that are claiming to sort of do the same, but don't really, you know, walk the talk. I mean, there's, it's happening. This is the moment, right? It's an incredible, this is the moment for consumers and for people and individuals to, to learn and to get involved and to get excited because there are, there are a lot of brands that are, that are doing this. And it's about experimentation, right? It's about knowing where things come from. It's about learning. It's, 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 it's about not just buying the product, but learning more about the people behind the product, right? This is, it's, it should no longer be about the companies, but look at, just look at the people. Are there people behind? Are there, is there someone behind that company that's going to stand for the product, right? Like, or is it just a company? If you go and you go about us and, you, and there's nothing there, and there's no information about the people and their background, right? right? Like you, you provenance. Mm-hmm. You have to look where things come from, right? Or is it just a great serial entrepreneur who's realized right. that this is a moment right. Right. And, and creates a beautiful packaging and is looking to sell the company in two years to, to Coca-Cola or to right. Nestle or right. something. And, you know, it's in your hands. Everything is there. You have the internet. All of it's there. You have to do the work. Right. You have to do the work. You have to do the due diligence. That is your responsibility as a consumer when you when you shop when you buy clothes when you buy you know any you know uh, medicine when you buy herbal medicine when you buy beauty products it is your responsibility as a consumer to do the due diligence to find out about that company and their values and how they how they do business it's no one else's responsibility it's your money you have to decide how to spend it right it's not only the age of conscious businesses, but also conscious consumers. Yeah. Conscious businesses exist because of conscious consumers. Right. Businesses wouldn't have done that if consumers didn't ask for it. Right. Business didn't just say, okay, we'll be transparent. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Businesses don't care. Consumers have to ask for it. Consumers have to push for it. Consumers have to fight for it. Right. And then they have to make their decisions with their dollars. Yeah, and also hold people accountable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a question about uh, being present. Why, when do you feel most present? While acting, designing, or drinking tea, or doing something else? Every moment. I feel present every moment. Really? Yeah. You are an enlightened human being. <laughs> I'm not an enlightened human being, but I'm, they're all, every, every moment matters, and there's no there's no value system placed on different moments of, of acting or, or doing this, or one just leads to another. One I may enjoy more, or one I may, um, you know, I enjoy sitting under a palm tree with the coconut water in my hand with my feet in warm water, quite present then, but I'm also pleasant. I'm also present walking through the street on a cold winter's day. I'm very present. I'm very awake and very... Very, your toes yeah, I'm very, toes yeah. very present. And so it's the, it's, the, it's the celebration. You have to think about, to put it into some sort of perspective, how many summers do you have left? Who knows? Right? How do you want to live those summers? I say summer because that's usually the one we associate right. with 
celebration and a good time and, and laughter and happiness. So, but any, pick any season if you prefer. If you prefer winter, just substitute, say, how many winters do you have left? So you really just have to pause and think about it. And how do you want to spend that time? And who do you want to spend that time with? Right. Do you have any rituals around tea? And making tea in itself is a ritual, right? Like, but it's, for me, it's about everyone creating their own ritual and finding their own moment within this space. We don't have any prescribed, do this, do it this way, put your hand on your head and, you know, pour the tea with one leg, your left leg stretched out, and it's whatever you need to do to find those moments, to take that pause, whatever it is, take that pause, mm -hmm. because your life depends on it. Right, yeah. And do you meditate regularly or? Yeah. You do? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any recommendations for people who can't really pause their uh, Breathe. brains? Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> At Breathe. this point, I really have to tell you that I'm a breathwork guide. Are you? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Breathe. I've been so, teaching breathwork. Yeah. Yeah. Just breathe. Doesn't have. You don't have. If, you don't have to think about meditation. You don't have to think about calling it anything. Just breathe. Just take deep breaths. Yeah. Yeah. Just start with breaths. You know, start with four seconds in, four seconds out, then go to five, then a few weeks go to six, and just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Right? And just breathe. You don't have to you don't have to empty your mind, just focus on your breathing. Focus on counting. And that's it. Yeah. There's no it doesn't just just start with that. Start with something physical, start with something that's very easy to do. And it's free and it's available and it's free. to all. Yeah. 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 Amazing. On that note, I am looking forward to coming one of the one of your events. Yes, please. And you, seeing the space. To, yeah. Come to the lab. Yeah. In Chelsea. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Yeah. Do you have any final words or anything? No, please you come to the lab and and and, and listen and please come come have a tea with us. Come have a drink with us. Okay. I definitely will and I hope a lot of people uh, in Istanbul and elsewhere in the yeah. world will also do the same. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your honest answer. Yeah, of course. <laughs>